Welcome back to Late Mayhem, because uh, I'm uploading this late. <laughs> yeah, not super late, I hope, but late enough, I guess, to where I'm able to make this pun. That's the beauty of having a versatile name, is I get to come up with stuff like Mini Mayhem, um, yeah, Team Mayhem, Tay Mayhem, Game Mayhem, whenever we want to do games and stuff. Uh, but the uh, but the M's make that hard, like I said. Anyways, life happened this weekend. Uh, I was a little sick, as in I wasn't feeling well. Not really sick at all. Yeah. Like I said, I do a lot of shift work. So uh, I actually started yakking because I straight up just hadn't eaten. I usually put off eating until I'm done with like my shifts in a row. And then my body said no. I was starving, dude. I was so hungry. Not fun. But we're here. And, uh, yeah, Mara's not here. Not on the co-op today. Not not my producer or cameraman or anything. It's literally just me. I'm joined by no one. So that's weird. That's fun. <coughs> so, yeah, this marks my second solo episode. That should be pretty good. So, first off, I wanted to start off uh, with some headline recaps. Because uh, when I got on my phone this morning, um, I saw some I saw some headlines and they were just kind of out of this world. I'm gonna read a few. I'm gonna talk about one. I'll let you guess. So the first one I have is um, <coughs> Amazon's products are being recalled for fire hazards, like they're just catching on fire, like power surges, uh, charging cords, and the like, and. Um, you know, just a testament to the shitty company. But then we also have a new uh, COVID variant, the Delta one. And then we also have Attorney General Merrick Garland to strengthen record obtaining policies so we can finally see exactly what kind of memes our lawmakers are sending each other. And then we have the Texas mom poses as seventh grade daughter for a day. So... You're a damn fool if you think I'm talking about anything other than this Texas mom. First off, okay, so this this is from CNN, and this, I love that they threw, threw in Texas, because at the same time, it's like, this really wouldn't happen in any other state, and I think we all know that. I mean, Florida man, for sure, you know, he's forever in our hearts, but Texas mom, that's a new one. We're going to have to start having a lot more articles about this ambiguous Texas mom. <clears throat> so actually, I actually watched the video, and this shit is so hilarious. So basically what happens is, I think like her daughter's out sick, so this mom gets the bright idea to... No, I don't, I don't even know if she's sick, actually. The mom just gets the idea to uh, pose as her daughter for a day because she ends up dyeing her hair. She tans her skin she gets fake glasses gets like this marvel hoodie and she poses and she has a mask as well so i guess that's i mean that makes it a lot easier like that's almost cheating like would you would you do this if we didn't have to wear masks because if the answer is no then you're cheating but anyways uh she makes it into the school and uh, i don't know if they have any sort of like ID, like, you know, system or whatever. But either way, like, she had her daughter's stuff. So I guess it that it makes it that much easier, too. Like, 
if some rando was trying to do this, it, I feel like it would be a lot different because the mom went on a day that she knew her daughter wasn't going to be there. So, like, she knew that she could just be that person. And besides, her daughter shares half her genes anyway. I'm sure they look alike. But she uh, makes it into the school, and she even walks past the principal, and another teacher gives her a compliment on the hoodie. She makes it through several classes before she's stopped by one of the teachers. And after class, she's like, you're not, you know, so-and-so. She was like, correct. Like, I'm their mom. And she was like, why are you doing this? Which is a valid fucking question. When the mom, because the mom told the story on the video. When she was telling the story, she made it seem like, like the teacher was fucking crazy. And it's like, no, bitch. No, you're the one posing as a teen. Granted, the mom, like, she's probably in her 30s, maybe early 40s, and this was at a high school. So, like, she could still pull off young, but she's, she's not uh, by any means teen-looking. I'll say that. And she says, and her answer was probably the funniest thing ever. She was like, well, as a social experiment. You're doing this as a social experiment. I I feel like that's uh, that's... That's not really telling the full story because I don't feel like that's what this is. Like, she was basically trying to test, you know, the school security system. That's not like a, that's not a social experiment. That is like a tactical test. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, she gets booted out, goes home. And two days later, she's actually arrested by the police for criminal trespassing and tampering government documents, which I didn't understand. I didn't understand the second one at all, which I feel like... Maybe that was just very, like, another charge they wanted to get her on. Like, I've, we've talked about this before. Like, the police just are looking for shit to add on to make you pay more or do this or that, you know? But it's like, what the fuck kind of government document was she tampering with? The attendance sheet? Come on now. Like, I know schools are government property, but you, you, you gotta be kidding me. It's just criminal trespassing. And by the way, like, I'm not saying I fully agree with this mom either, and, like, I know the police definitely needed to make an example out of someone who, you know, went into a school posing as someone else. Um, I highly doubt she'll get charged. But, like, I don't know, being arrested, I would be so mad. I would be so pissed off. <laughs> right after I said that, I, I expected Mara to start laughing and stuff like that. It's weird what habit will do to you after you make a comment. But anyways... Um, if you're thinking about posing as, wait, no, this wasn't a high school. This was seventh grade. Jesus Christ. Wh how old are you in the seventh grade? Like 12 or 13? What the hell? Okay. So even if this woman is 36, mid thirties, she's trying to go a third of her age. What on God's green earth? Oh my God. Okay. We're going to get into the rest of this shit I want to talk about. So here's something I really wanted to get to. And I've been having this question for days now. And I just can't hold it in any longer. Do cars have floors? It's an interesting question for sure. Now I know that probably about 99% of people are going to be like, yes, you fucking idiot. Like, obviously they have floors. But think about it. What's a floor? Is it a floor? Like, yeah, like, it's the bottom of your car, you know, and it's there for practical purposes, I guess, you know? So 
you know, that's where you put your feet. You can put shit there, I guess. Um, but anyways, for this question, I thought it would be, I thought it would be useful to look up some definitions to further my argument because my answer is no. I don't think cars really have floors. I think they have like bottom surfaces, but I don't. I don't necessarily think it's a floor, and we'll get into that later. So f- the first thing I wanted to do was get into some definitions here. So I, I'm pulling definitions from two sources, Oxford Languages and the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So the definition of floor is the lower surface of a room on which one may walk. Okay. Mer- Merriam-Webster describes it as the level base of a room or the lower inside surface of a hollow structure or a ground surface. The occupants of such a floor or a structure dividing a building into stories or the surface of a structure on which one travels. Now, here's what I'm trying to get into. I think if you're implying that the cars have floors, then you're basically saying that, you know, the inside of your car is a room. So it's, it's helpful to look at definitions for room, floor, walls, and ceilings, because then you have a better idea of literally what you're talking about, right? So we have the definitions for floor, the level base of a room or lower inside surface of a hollow structure. Now that one in particular works, lower inside surface of a hollow structure. But is the inside of a car necessarily hollow? I mean, in some spaces, I mean, in some instances, I, I, I suppose it is. But, I mean, if you occupy it, if you have personal belongings in there, I, I don't know. Anyways, the next one I wanted to look at was room itself. So we have room, which is space, which according to Oxford languages is space that can be occupied or where something can be done especially viewed in terms of whether there is enough. The second definition is a part or division of a building enclosed by walls, floor, and ceiling. You know, and that's why we were getting into the definitions of all of these things. So Merriam-Webster defines room as an extent of space occupied by or sufficient or available for something. So I think by this definition, we can all agree that cars you know, in and of themselves have rooms. They have enough space for us to sit inside to transport other occupants or cargo and to drive. You know, that is, those are the essential functions of a car. So the next definition we're looking at here, just to kind of solidify, is ceiling. So the upper interior surface of a room or other similar compartment. Or according to Merriam-Webster, the overhead inside lining of a room or material used to seal a wall or roof of a room. Now, I think that's a little pedantic if you want to argue whether or not cars have ceilings or not. Which, by definition, since I say cars have no floors, then I guess I would imply that they have no ceilings as well. But like I said, we'll get into my arguments later. So then we have wall, a continuous vertical brick or stone structure that encloses or divides an area of land. Now that's just Oxford languages. Merriam-Webster is kind of, I think, what we're really looking at. 
So 1C says a structure that serves to hold back pressure as of water or sliding earth or one of the sides of a room or building connecting floor and ceiling or foundation and roof. Or number three, the side of a footpath next to buildings. 1A, a high thick masonry structure. 1B, a masonry fence. Or just five, a material layer enclosing space. The examples on this one are heart walls and the wall of a container. I think number six is especially interesting. Something resembling a wall as an appearance, function, or effect, especially something that acts as a barrier or defense. Now, the reason that we're getting into wall here is because the Oxford language was useless in that a continuous or vertical brick or stone structure doesn't apply to cars. And most of these definitions on Merriam-Webster also don't apply. So the footpath next to buildings, uh, connecting floor and ceiling or foundation and roof, uh, high-thick masonry structure, but then something resembling a wall. So Merriam-Webster explicitly states that it doesn't necessarily have to meet all the formal definition, previous established definition of wall, in order to be one. It just has to have the same effect. And I think this is especially interesting because in my argument, I say that, you know, cars don't have floors. And if you're out there listening, thinking the same thing, well, cars don't have floors because, for example, you wouldn't sleep on it. You wouldn't necessarily sit on it. It's not the cleanest surface. And by the way, there's not enough space to do it. <clears throat> so by looking at these first five definitions, you know, you, would, you wouldn't necessarily think that Cars have walls, and if they don't have walls, how can they have floors? If they don't have walls, how can they have ceilings? If they don't have walls, how can it be a room? And so that's why number six is especially interesting. So the last thing I wanted to define here was ground. Now, ground appeared in our first definition uh, in floor. It was the ground surface, 2B, a ground surface or, you know, floor one, the level base of a room. So ground is defined as the solid surface of the earth or an area of land or sea used for a specified purpose, according to Oxford languages. Merriam-Webster defines it as an area used for a particular purpose or the area around or belonging to a house or other building, an area of knowledge or special interest, an area to be won or defended in or, or as if in battle or the surface of a planet. Now, those are all just in definition one divided into A, B, C, D, E. And those are pretty much the only ones that apply to us. The other ones apply to electricity, planets, um, bottom of body of water. So really what we're looking at is an area used for a particular purpose, and that's it. So this, so this begs the question, do cars have floors or do they have a ground? Because like we said before, or like I said before, if you have the floor, say, of your house, if you have the floor of just a room in general, that implies that there are a lot of things you can do, such as walk around in it. And in fact, I think one of these definitions, yeah, Oxford language definition of floor number one, the lower surface of a room on which one may walk. <clears throat> so in my opinion, 
if you can't walk onto if you can't walk inside your car then how can you have a floor that floor then effectively becomes a ground as in the lower surface of you know the thing you're talking about now i think the definitions of ceiling room and walls are irrelevant at this point as what we're looking at now is the definitions between floor and ground now, I think the people that initially answered yes to do cars have floors are still sticking with yes, they do. And I guess I'm not asking you to change your mind. I'm asking the people who are like, hmm, do cars have floors to look at it differently. It's, it's not necessarily <clears throat> a floor. Like I said, I would argue it is a ground. But that's just kind of my view on it. Uh... I think I had this thought the other day, um, as in like last week, I think I had just tossed something onto like, you know, the passenger side of my car, like a five hour energy, whenever I was done with it. And so I was like, oh, like just tossing it on the ground or is it tossing it on the floor? Because those have different connotations. If you're walking outside, then yes, everything around you is really the ground, the road, the sidewalk, the grass the gravel, the dirt, the flower bed, it's all ground. But does does that make it a floor? Now, as we saw, the definitions of floor kind of implied that there are walls connecting it. This would make everything outside the ground and everything inside the floor. Now, does being inside your car constitute as being still outside? Being inside versus outside then comes to personal, practical definitions. If it's raining, you might say that you are inside from the rain. But if it's just a clear day and you're driving around, most people would still say that they're outside. So then that does beg the question. Does that make the lower surface of your car a ground or a floor? And like I said, I think it's a ground. You know, you don't really put anything except feet on there. You know, your backpacks, bags, whatever, trash, for the most part, though. Not really anything you're wanting to consume later, you know, goes on there bare, which is what I think makes it a ground. I think floors have a certain level of maintenance or expectation required of them before they can be, you know, considered floors. Otherwise, they're just ground. Um... Yeah, that's the whole show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a question that, I don't know, now I'm kind of just thinking about it philosophically, but that's not the scope of what I'm trying to do right now. Do cars have floors? No. They have grounds, which sounds so much worse. Imagine a, an alternate universe where car grounds are a thing and we drink them for energy. Now that's the scope of this show. If only Mara was here to talk to me about that. Coffee and car being opposite words. Oh, what? Who put the car grounds in the garbage disposal? <laughs> the next thing I wanted to get to today was um, kind of like idioms and adages and stuff like that. Uh, kind of stuff that goes... Uh, I don't know. I have this list of like nonsense ones in my mind. So let me look up popular... Dodges. Birds of a feather flock together. Opposites attract. 
Don't judge a book by its cover. The clothes make the man. The early bird gets the worm. Better late than never. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Better safe than sorry. Which, honestly, the people who came up with that, I hope they knew what they were, like, speaking into existence. Because, goddamn, that is some fire shit right there. I, I don't know. Sometimes I'll say stuff, and people, and myself, will be like, damn, that was good. Like, that's kind of fire. That's, like, concise, has layers to it. You know, it can be taken on more than one level, applied to more than one thing. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I couldn't really tell you anything that I've said that made people go like that. So you're just going to have to take my word for it, all right? But recently I I, uh, I came across this list of old ones. like, and, and this is like an old screenshot of like Tumblr because this was when Tumblr was still like, just looked like black and white text files and shit. I don't know. Nothing cool was happening besides just words. So this is where I got that. So some of you might have heard heard these before, but I, I have never seen this. And I feel like I'm a veteran of the internet. Okay, maybe veteran is stretching it, but I still know my way around it. Regardless, here's the, here's the list. The first one is that really salts my melon. Now, the original one said that man really salts my melon. I feel like you can just say that really salts my melon. It just kind of gets dirty when you say man. First off, I, I, I just want to dissect this. I don't, I don't, like, I'm not a huge melon guy. Like, you know, when I have, you know, fruit cups and fruit salads, I'll, I'll eat the melons and shit like that. But, like, who the fuck is putting salt on this? Because then we need to have a talk. Why, why are you doing that? Like, it's supposed to be sweet. Now, like, you're making, because I, I wouldn't even say salty is equivalent to savory. It's just fucking salty. Like, if you've ever baked any sort of a, like, cookie or cake or anything like that, and you use salt instead of sugar, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that's not a savory taste. It's just fucking disgusting. So why why are you purposely contrasting that sweetness with the saltiness? Um, These are questions that keep me up at night. Anyways, I've never actually seen anyone do that. So that's kind of why I think this uh, Adage is fucking po- full pole of shit. Full of shit. Really salts my melon. It kind of seems like a bad thing. Like salting the wound. Which I like I know that's a that's kind of like a saying, but I don't even know if that's like supposed to be good or bad. Like I know it's like, oh, you know, it's like salting the wound or adding salt to the wound. And some people say it in a negative context, but some people also say it like, oh, that'll put some hair on your ass, you know? So like I, I don't know where that one's going either, and I don't know where this one's going. So top reason why it's bullshit. Next one, it takes a bushel of corn to feed one chicken. Now, this this one I feel like is kind of a ripoff of it takes a village to, like, raise a child, something like that. Because, I mean, yeah, just, like, it takes a lot of something to do anything. I feel like that's true for most things. Even making babies takes a lot of, a lot of time, at least. But depending on, um, yeah, it could take a lot of time on both ends, making the baby and then actually like, you know, physically baking the baby in the uh, metaphorical oven. I'm going to get so much hate for that one. But yeah, this one's not that special. It actually does make sense. The next one, a louse will live on any head it lands on. 
Now, I don't think this one is... It makes sense, for sure, but it, it's on the same lines as if you lie down with dogs, you'll get fleas, you know? It's kind of just like... Uh, careful what you do or you'll get stuck with problems. I don't know. Maybe they are different, and I'm just now putting some thought into it. So, hang on. A louse will live on any head it lands on. I think that means to say that... I think that's a settling metaphor. You know? A louse will live on any head it lands on. So, like, a settler will just jump on the first opportunity and go with that. So, if you lay down with dogs, you'll get fleas. That one just says, be careful who you're around with. So, yeah, I think these are different things. Regardless... This one's kind of weak. I don't like talking about lice. I don't think anyone does. And I certainly wouldn't use it to try to bring my point across. So this one goes down as disgusting and nasty. So, so far we have three bullshit ones. One is just straight bullshit. Makes no sense and could actually be bad. The second one is just a ripoff. The third one is just disgusting. So here's the fourth one. Don't put down a salt lick and say you ain't got cows. So that one is basically saying, like, you know, don't set yourself, like, don't, I don't know. Man, maybe I'm fucking stupid. Because these all, like, kind of make sense to me, you know. I guess it's like, don't, don't be, don't, like, do things to make yourself prepared, but then, like, say you're not prepared. I guess that kind of that and that doesn't make sense on like the surface level, but like we all know people who, you know, are like careful and calculated and and then still they'll be nervous, like, what if I'm not ready or you know, what if I haven't done enough? And it's like, dog, you're probably like the most qualified at this point. I feel like it's it's kinda like stuff like that, but not so much in like the most positive way. Like, I don't know. It could be bad. Like maybe don't do bad things and wonder why uh, you know, you have bad people around you. Um, sheesh, now I feel like I'm on a game show. This one's bullshit just because I don't understand it. How about that? Okay, number five. There's a guy. <laughs> I love this one. There's a guy who eats half the berries and says the pie's shell is too big. Fucking love it just because it, it, it's just long in general. It's great. Um, but there's a guy who eats half the berries and says the pie's shell is too big. So that's equivalent to like, in my opinion, it's equivalent to don't eat. You can't have your pudding until you eat your meat, right? Like you shouldn't like eat the, eat, eat the thing. I don't know. Cause like in this situation, the guy eats his berries and then doesn't have enough to make a pie. And so he's like, oh, the pie shell is too big. Well, it's like, no, dumbass, you ate berries. Like, it would have been the right size. So maybe this is more putting all your eggs in one basket. I mean, the really, uh, the, the, the psychological point here is delayed gratification. Like, don't eat half your berries if you're going to make a pie just because you want sweetness now instead of, you know, baked sweetness later. Baked sweetness. I love it. I'm going to open up a dispensary called that. But I actually I actually like this one. I might start using it. I'm, I'm probably going to start using all of these, including the that really salts my melon. I'm going to start saying that one as a bad one, though. Like, that really grinds my gears or um, rustles my jimmies. 
I only ever heard one person ever say that, so. But I still say it. It makes people laugh. So to go in spirit with this, I actually came up with a couple of my own. Um, kind of like little one-liner things. So the first one is, it's not really like in a Dodge or Idiom or anything like that. It's just, it's bad luck to carry your skateboard outside. And I actually remember when I came up with this one. Uh, I was in the car with Mauro, and we saw a guy that was just, like, yeah, he, he was with a couple other people. So, like, that's why he was carrying his skateboard. But also, don't carry your skateboard. Like, you're outside. Ride the skateboard. And so it, I, I just said, like, out of nowhere, like, hey, don't. Not to the guy tomorrow. I was like, hey, don't you know it's bad luck to carry your skateboard outside? Uh, that shit was funny. I still think it's funny. And if I know anyone that carries their that has a skateboard and we happen to go out together and they're carrying it while we're outside, I'm going to say that. And then I'm probably going to get hit with the skateboard. And then probably ditched. I can't ride skateboards or bicycles. But later, later on that. The second one that I came up with, I actually came up with, I, I came up with it right before I hit record. Um, this one makes no fucking sense. It says, can't go to four towns with two axles. I just think it's fun to say. Like, honestly, can't go to four towns with two axles. I think what I'm trying to get at with this is you can't you can't plan to do too much without the proper setup, you know? So it's like, don't make all these grandiose plans if you can't carry them out. I feel like that's what I was trying to get at. I could be wrong. Also, I came up with this like 40 minutes ago. So, it is what it is. Uh, th that's, that's all for that section. The next one that I have is, is a really interesting one. So, this is a question. <laughs> this is a question that Marlo's friend actually posed. And he asked, what's the largest animal you think you can knock out with one punch? And I think that's a brilliant question because I don't know. I mean, honestly, like, that's a very person-by-person -person basis. Like, I could probably knock out a cat and dog, you know, some household pets. But, like, once we start getting into wild animals, I'm not sure I stand a chance against most of them. Maybe the fox, you know raccoons, stuff like that. Uh, anything bigger than that, though? Like, anything bigger than, like, a medium-sized dog? I'm not sure. Because I don't even know if I could do, like, the biggest household dog. And not necessarily, like, the biggest in the world, but, like, you know, just your big old fucking dogs. Your dogs, you know? So I put this question into Google. Largest animal a human can knock out in one punch. And obviously, you actually don't get shit. Um, I mean, you, you get a couple of threads, right? Like on, uh, Reddit and Quora, shit like that. So, the first, th so I actually decided to go into a Reddit thread. And it's uh, it says, what is the biggest animal you could one-punch KO? So, this one answer says a uh, Jaranuk or something. Small head-to-body ratio. Now, a Jaranuk is basically a the giraffe deer 
It's a deer. It just has a really fucking long neck. And yeah, the head's fucking tiny. It's just, it's, it looks like a small, brittle animal to begin with, but it could be as tall as me. So that's bigger than a dog, at least. So yeah, maybe I, maybe I do stand a chance against this one. Also, I could be saying it's an completely wrong. I don't know. <clears throat> Some people say they could knock a sea otter out. Um, but you get a lot of people saying, like, you could knock out a horse, maybe a pony, you know, baby horses, stuff like that. And so I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting question, like, a horse. I mean, those are fucking huge. And kind of on the same scale, though, they break a leg and you have to put them down. Like, they're very, they're very, I don't want to say weak animals, but, like, you know, they get fucked up once and then, and then they're fucked up for life. So it's weird. So there was another question that I thought I should get into before we go into the horse one. It's can animals get knocked unconscious the same way we do? And the answer is yes, they can. Like as far as the vertebrae go, for the most part, yes, they can. The, the only issue is that most animals have, they're, they're at least designed for a lot of intraspecies fighting. And so that means they have a lot of thick craniums. In order to knock an animal out, you need to do a good amount of damage to, you know, its cranium, like the direct skull. And so there are a lot of animals who have thick skulls for that reason, so they can't get knocked out. At least, you know, I mean, a human hand, and if you're point blank, that's a lot easier, you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about. But it does make it harder, like, if you're in a fight to just straight up slam an animal and then hope that it gets knocked out. Like gorillas, like, if they had a weak head, sure, but they're not evolved like that, you know, the same way that we are. Like, yeah, like, there's a good uh, there's a good chance that I could fight someone my size and knock them out, but that's, like, very few and far in between. Like, throw one punch, and I'm just going to piss them off even more. That's what's going to happen. I'm not really getting very far, and I don't have faith in my ability to do that. But there are other people who can, like The Undertaker. So this next thread I got into was, could The Undertaker knock out a horse with one punch? So this man brings up a really good point, as in the answer, not the question maker. They don't bring up a good point at all. It's a great hypothetical, but what are you doing? So he says, anecdotally, you know, I've seen horses get kicked in the head by each other and walk it off. And not that I'm skeptical about it, but I was like, I got to see this. So I did. And that's, that's true. I mean, these horses, they can take a, they can take kicks and a horse can kick at, let's, let's Google it. How much force can a horse kick with? 2000 pounds of force per square inch. So if they're doing that to each other, and maybe not, you know, that, I don't know. Let's say, you know, give or take some hundreds of pounds, as in take. So even less than that, that's what they're doing to each other. So I thought it would be useful to figure out how, <laughs> it'd be useful to compare the forces between the humans and the horses, and also the tolerance between what it takes to get knocked out. So you can knock out a person in as low as 5 PSI, um, 
the most effective way to knock anything out with a vertebrae is their chin. So a, an untrained person, lucky enough, and has, you know, like a, just like kind of like bare minimum strength for their height and weight, they could take out someone their size with a well-timed, well-placed chin punch at 5 PSI. So then let's take a look at people like Mike Tyson and who's this other guy whose last name is Bruno? Hmm. <laughs> I'm seeing names like Michael Springs, Larry Holmes, Buster Douglas. And now Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno was a boxer whom Tyson had knocked out twice. According and this article is from Sportscasting. So Bruno punched with 1420 pounds of force. So not bad. <laughs> Equivalent to about so an 1100 pound foot of force is equal to about 1600 joules of energy. So that's a pretty fucking heavy punch. So if Bruno punched with 1,400 pounds of force and the horse can kick with 2,000 pounds, then let's say, you know, full throttle, the horse is angry and they're fighting with each other and they kick each other in the head and they walk it off. There is no way that The Undertaker or Frank Bruno or Mike Tyson could knock out this goddamn horse. So there's no studies done on abusing horses, which is why we can't have a definite answer on how much it would take to knock out a horse. However, there are a lot more statistics on that in humans. So I think to answer the question, the largest animal I think I could knock out with one punch would be a human, my own size. That's my best bet, actually, because uh, I don't know if I could do a dog, morally anyway. Um... That's that for that question. I hope you had fun. Oh, here's here's the uh, corollary to this one. So that's the largest animal I can knock out with one punch. What about a technical knockout? <coughs> Whole different set of questions. Actually, I feel like I, I could technical knock out a giraffe. What are they? What are they fighting me with? I mean, it's just all they all they can do is just run at me, right? And I'm sure like they have some speed to them, but they're fucking huge. Like if I duck right, you know, if I, you know, dive out of the way, I feel like I could just you know take on this fucking giraffe and just assault its fucking legs. So yeah, maybe that that's the largest animal I could TKO. Can't do that shit with an elephant, no. They would straight up stampede the fuck out of you. And also they have those long ass like trunks. So they got some like distance as well. And their poops are huge. I'm not trying to do that. Uh, rhinos are just scary. And they have like fucking like armor on them. It's weird. Like samurais. It's weird. So the next thing I wanted to do. Uh, and I definitely wanted to do this. Is... I wanted. I made a joke last week about glory holes, and so it got me thinking, right? And yes, you heard that right. It got me thinking, and yeah, about glory holes. So what I wanted to do here was I wanted to go into Google 
and I wanted a Google News glory hole. So here we go. And Google News, because if you go to all, then all you get is porn. And that's not what we're looking for. At least not right now. So, holy shit. No, you don't get porn. You get even better stuff. So this first article that comes up when you type in glory hole is glass blowers glory hole confuses at virtual art gala. Now, first off, they did, they did not have to put blower and glory hole into the same headline. And they you can tell they tried their hardest. And by the way, this is this is from a month ago. <coughs> now the first sentence of this is for not even first sentence. This is just from the article on Google. For example, there was a bit of confusion over the so-called glory hole at a fit at a fit for the city's elite glass blowers last week. Now, here's what I'm wondering. What part is confusing about this? I feel like you know a glory hole when you see one. So, if it's a, if it if it looks, you know, if it walks like a duck, if it talks like a duck, if it looks like a glory hole, probably is one. So, who who are we confusing here? Are we confusing people who'd never heard of glory hole because that would make more sense? Cuz think about it, glory hole. Why is a hole in the wall the source of glory? If you asked me to point to my glory hole, I would probably point to my butt. That's just me, though. But, like, you know, why is, why, what's so glorious about just putting it in a hole and seeing what happens? You know, I feel like that's a lot of, you're, you're, you're having, a, you're hedging all your bets at that point, right? And I don't know if that's a glorious scenario. Not to me, anyway. I mean, maybe I'm just a little more calculated and tactical. Maybe I don't like to take risks that much. It could, it, you know, I'm not saying that it's not a source of glory. I'm not saying that these holes aren't glorious. I'm just confused why they're so glorious that they that they have that in their name. It's also discreet enough, so I get that one, too. Glory holders, let me know. Come on the show. So, another one. Nottingham Post. Oh, the first one was from page six, by the way. Like that that's what it's called, not page six of Google. Like it like the thing is called page six. So the next one is from Nottingham Post, and it says, First look at glory holes. Now I wish they would just stop it there. But it says Nottingham's new adult only crazy golf course. Okay, so with a name like Glory Holes, I can get why you want to be adult only. If you serve alcohol, I can get why you want to be adult only. But I feel like they're not telling the full story here. Right? There's no way you go to a place like Glory Holes and there's not a single glory hole. Now, I've been saying the G word a lot at this point, but I don't even care. Where are they? I mean, they got to be in the restrooms, right? But are they... Because here's my issue with that. Like, if you're... I mean, maybe the restrooms are, you know, like in the same hallway... So they're kind of touching, and so there's a hole in the middle, or holes, and there's multiple bathrooms. I don't know. Be careful. Here, here's the sentence from this from this article. Be careful what you Google when trying to search online for Nottingham's new adult-only crazy golf course glory holes. All right. Like the fact, okay, like crazy golf course. It's in the headline. It's in the article. 
what's so crazy about this. It has to be glory holes. Because mini golf with, with alcohol is, is not that crazy. Mini golf with just adults, not that crazy either. Gotta be the holes. Gotta be the holes. Okay. Wow. Oh, this one's by uh, Kappa, Capilano Courier. Top five government-approved glory holes in Greater Vancouver. November 8th, 2020, by the way. This is not a 97 article. This place... Oh, my God. So, this is from the article. This place really brings the bells and whistles for everything but the glory hole itself. What in the fuck does that mean? That's that's like telling me that like the that like you want to go to the glory hole that's at like the best restaurant in town like the nicest and fanciest restaurant in town but like you know you only get like fucking crackheads at that glory hole it's like so what's so great about this the atmosphere is that what you're is that what you're going for come come for the atmosphere stay for the glory hole type stuff or do you come for the glory hole stay for the atmosphere I'm confused about which part you're coming for in in all aspects. At that point, that wasn't even a pun. I just, I just said that. So this next article is from Slate, probably, probably the best headline on this page: "The Glory Hole Reopens." September first, twenty twenty. So it says public health officials and lonely quarantines have led to an unlikely sexual renaissance in the pandemic. Excellent. I'm glad. I'm glad that glory holes were the way. Uh, Jesus. And here's and here's an earlier article that makes more sense. Canadian by Complex, Canadian health agency suggests glory holes for safe sex amid pandemic. That's quite the fucking headline. And I think if you would have asked me two years ago if I would have predicted this one, I would have said fuck no. Not you. You could just even take out pandemic. Canadian health agency suggests glory holes for safe sex. I would have been like, "Who are you getting your information from? Like glory holers? Yes, of course they're going to be touting for it." I'm no glory holer, nor do I have any interest in becoming one. But this is a. It's I'm 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 happy for you guys. You're getting a lot of renaissance, a lot more interest in it. And fuck, people like me are starting to ask questions. I mean, that's probably what you want. Maybe one of these days I will become a glory hole. (laughs) So here we go. October 13th, 2020. Flat hat news. Behind closed doors. Glory holes prove useful as a form of safe intimacy. Allow sexual encounters in age of COVID-19. With a... uh, with a political cartoon that says the edge of glory. It's a bathroom with a glory hole in it. Can't. It's literally all it is. I cannot get more specific than that. And then you have the BuzzFeed News article. We asked people why they use glory holes. Boy, did they answer. Hmm. I mean, I gotta say, this one's probably the most intelligent sentence of them all. Historically associated with gay male culture, the glory hole is a remarkably durable form of sexual expression that both straights and gays use. Dot, dot, dot. But that's it. I honestly could have ended there. Wow. 
I'm actually going to go into page two. I'm glad I did. Watch Andy Cohen sing the praises of glory holes by Out Magazine. And, uh, wow, gay city news. For COVID-19, health department brings back the glory hole. Excellent. Now, Inside Hook is asking the real questions on September 2nd, 2020. Is an old school sex act actually making a coronavirus comeback? With the world's smallest glory hole, it literally looks like a nail. I mean, they probably didn't make a glory hole, but at the same time, that begs a good question. If you're going to make a glory hole for just your article cover, do you really need to make a glory hole? And also, should you research into how glory holes are actually made? Should you actually go into a bathroom and just cut out a square with a really sharp knife? I don't know. Instinct Magazine. Did New York City's health department suggest we use glory holes? Jesus. The microphone went sideways. Shit went sideways, guys. ABC 10. ABC 10 probably has the best one. How the glory hole on Lake Berryessa works. <laughs> Great. N- Neo Show Daily News. A day trip in near southwest Missouri is the article title. Number two on the list, which was Glory Hole Waterfall Trail. Gotta be some fucking glory holes. Does it count as a glory hole if you just have, like, a wooden sign that says, like, glory hole? And, like, all it is is just, like, a wooden square and with a hole cut out? Like, you could, like, you see the person on the other side. There's, like, no privacy at all. You just, like, put your schlang through there. Does that count? So I asked my good friend Google (laughs) if it counted. We're going to define glory hole. Merriam-Webster, a furnace for softening glass when it becomes stiff and offhand working and for fire polishing glass. I feel like they're being a little generous here. So that's funny because Wikipedia has two articles here. Glory hole, Wikipedia. Glory hole, parentheses, sexual slaying, Wikipedia. Huh. That's funny. You're going to have to look for yourself. Wow. So the last thing I wanted to end with here is um, nasty stuff, basically. I don't know. So last time we talked about, um, last time I did a solo episode, I talked about some weird food. And it was like Coke and Peanuts fermented shark meat and fish meat shit like that this one is just straight up disgusting i've been kind of staring at a photo of it for a while now it's called kasu martsu literally means rotten cheese so it's a traditional sardinian sheep milk cheese that contains maggots get this you're supposed to eat it with the maggots so it's created by leaving whole pecorino cheeses uh, with part of the rind removed so that way cheese flies they're literally called cheese flies can lay their eggs in it and then um, 
the eggs hatch, the larvae begin to eat through the cheese, and then the acid from their digestive system breaks down the cheese fats, and then they poof the cheese out, and then it makes it very soft. So you're eating maggot cheese poop from cheese fly. If you don't want to listen, this is if you don't want to listen, this is the last thing I'm gonna talk about. So feel free to bounce the fuck out. I just feel like I needed to curse people with this information too. So it's considered by Sardinian aficionados to be unsafe to eat when the maggots in the cheese have died. Imagine that. Your cheese becomes unsafe, not when there's maggots in it. No, when they fucking died. Only cheese in which the maggots are still alive is usually eaten. Although allowances are made for cheese that has been refrigerated, which results in the maggots being killed. Imagine going to a dinner party and you don't want to fucking eat maggoty cheese, but you know your guests like it, so you put it in the fridge to kill it, and they're like, oh, 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 I don't know about all that, buddy. I'd be like, literally, fuck yourself. I'm not eating maggots. Oh, my God. This next part is insane, though. Okay. Because... (laughs) There we go. Because the larvae and the cheese can launch themselves up to 15 centimeters when disturbed, diners hold their hands above the sandwich to prevent the maggots from leaping. Are you, like... Not only are you eating maggots, you have to make sure that they don't escape. You have to work for your fucking food at that point. This sounds completely made up. This sounds like it was meant like as a joke. And then someone took it seriously or a group of people were like, no, like we're going to take this to our graves that this is the way to do it. And they just garnered so much respect otherwise that people who knew they did that were like, well, it's the way they enjoy cheese, so it must be cool and normal. No, it's not. (laughs) Some who eat the cheese prefer not to ingest the maggots. Those who do not wish to eat them place the cheese in a sealed paper bag. The maggots, starved for oxygen, writhe and jump in the bag, creating a pitter-patter sound. When the sound subsides, the maggots are dead, and the cheese can be eaten. That's like about a billion times worse. I don't know if I would rather eat the fucking maggots or... Like, let them, like, have to, like, put them in a bag, listen to them fucking jump out, and then die, and then be like, ah, finally, cheese time. Like, what the fuck? Who's doing this? Health concerns is the next one. According to some food scientists, I'm surprised it's not all, it is possible for the larvae to survive the stomach acid and remain in the intestine. There have been documented cases of pseudomyia, Myasis with the cheese fly. (laughs) Because of European Union food hygiene health regulations, the cheese has been outlawed. However, some Sardinians organize themselves in order to make Kasumarzu available on the black market, where it may be sold for double the price of an ordinary block of pecorino cheese. As of 2019, the illegal production of this cheese was estimated at 100 tons. Or 110 short tons. Worth about 2 to 3 million pounds. Not bad. Wait. I don't know. Euros? By the way, this is millions. I don't know if I said that. But I guess euros. Yeah. Euros. 
Attempts have been made to circumvent the Italian and EU ban by having kasumatsu declared a traditional food. It has been made in the same manner for more than 25 years, and it is therefore exempt from food hygiene regulations. The traditional way of making the cheese is explained by an official paper of the Sardinian government. I want to read that fucking paper. How to properly make maggots for my cheese for consumption. Whose idea was this? I mean, I feel like I've answered this own question before. You know, when I talked about shark meat, probably out of desperation. They probably had nothing else to eat, and they had this fucking cheese that had some maggots in there, and they're like, fuck it. And they eat it, they didn't get that sick, and they're like, it's actually kind of good. That's just like, except, uh, that's like a positive feedback loop, though. It's like, oh, I can eat it, and I didn't get sick, so I'm just going to keep eating it. I don't know if that's, that. that's not the way to go. You can't really do that for most things. Like, if I drink a liter of Coke in one day, I'll survive. Like, I might not feel the greatest, like, but I'll, like, survive and still be able to, like, do most things I want to do. That does not mean I should do it every day. Same thing with eating these fucking maggots. I wonder how often these people fucking eat it. I wonder if it's, like, a, like a delicacy or something. Like, I'm sure it is. But Kasu Marzu is among several cheeses that are not legal in the United States. So thank God. If I, if I find out any fucking one of you are eating it, I'm reporting your ass. Calling the police on you. But a cooperation between sheep farmers and researchers at the University of Sassari, I hope I'm saying that right, but it's in Italy, developed a hygienic method of production in 2005, aiming to allow the legal selling of cheese. Now, does hygienic mean... That there's no maggots? Because if so, I might try it. But if it means there's maggots, no. Then I don't think it's hygienic at all. And I think that it's full of shit. Which, yeah, pretty sure it's full of shit. I think the see also page on this is pretty interesting. See also insects as food. <laughs> List of delicacies. Which uh, they define as a rare or expensive food item that is considered highly desirable sophisticated or peculiarly distinctive which is like one of these things doesn't really belong here highly desirable or sophisticated sure peculiarly distinctive kind of like how truffles are like mushroom shit or whatever i don't know also like kobe beef and like wagyu beef and shit like that it's just like beef like what the fuck like i get there's good beef and bad beef you know but it's i don't know like I feel like it's a hard sell to tell someone that massaging the, the cows makes better steak. I don't know. Like, you, you got to be eating steak every, like, fucking day to be able to care that much. And if you're eating steak every day, well, you're not living for very long, buddy. You should probably change that. Anyways, uh, that's kind of that's kind of all I had planned. And closing all my tabs now, and it feels great. Well, that's kind of everything I had planned for today. Um, before anyone says anything, no, Morrow's not getting kicked off the show. Um, so yeah, he'll be back. I, uh, like I said, life just happened. Besides, I like doing these solo things. They're pretty fun. Although it is weird just talking to yourself. Because like I said earlier, I don't know, there were some points where I was like just wanting an answer. Or just feedback, at least. God. Anyways, be sure to follow the show at Tame Mayhem. You can find me at underscore George Richard. And uh, 
you know, leave us comments and questions. We're here for you. We get bored. So please give us something to talk about. We'll see you next week.